Welcome to Save Six Figures with Gina Knox, the podcast where I coach you on how to save $100,000 by optimizing your cash flow. Hello, savers. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm really excited for today's episode because I'm going to get spicy on a lot of thoughts that I've already been having, but are just solidifying this week. There's been so many signs that I need to talk about this topic. So strap yourselves in because I'm not going to hold back. All right. <laughs> if you're not in the right headspace to be called out a little bit, come back to this when you're feeling ready, but I am not going to hold back today. All right. So today we're going to talk about financial perfectionism. We're also going to talk about how perfectionism shows up in your selling and your money-making mindset, but we're also going to talk about how that impacts your actual bank account. So to give you some context, um, we are in the middle of the money-making mindset challenge inside Six Figure Saver. And what has been happening is I have been coaching my clients every single day. Every day we have a coaching call. Every day people are getting coached and they're bringing me their money blocking thoughts, thoughts that are literally blocking money from coming into their businesses. So I was coaching a client yesterday who was having a lot of thoughts about her offer. And when we talked about it, the actions she was taking was a lot of tinkering with her offer, a lot of perfecting it, focusing on, you know, how it looked, a lot of tinkering, a lot of perfectionism. And what she wasn't doing was selling it, (laughs) right? She wasn't selling it because she had the thought, my offer isn't ready yet. Like, it's not ready to sell. And when you have that thought, obviously, you're not going to sell it, right? Because why would you sell something that you think isn't ready? So she was stuck in a lot of perfectionism. And I asked her a question that was really harsh. And I want you, if you are in this tinkering perfectionism mode in any aspect of your life or business, I want you to ask yourself the same question. I asked her, are you okay with putting your need for perfection above helping people? Just let that sit for a minute. Are you okay with putting your need for perfection above helping people because that is what you're doing when you're sitting in perfectionism, especially with perfectionism as it relates to your offers, because you're not telling people about it. And if you don't tell people about your offer, how the hell are you going to help them? How are they going to know that they can come and get help with the thing they want help on <laughs> if you are stuck in perfectionism? And when I when I phrase it that way, she was like, oh, <laughs> that one hurt, right? Because really what it does is it takes perfectionism and it reframes it as a really egocentric thing. We think perfectionism, we can often think, I should say, perfectionism is about wanting it to be perfect so that other people get the best thing possible. But when we reframe it as holding us back from helping people, it really shows how egocentric it is. And sometimes all it takes is that reframe to say, oh, you know what? Like, I would rather help people now than make this thing perfect, 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 which by the way, it never will be, (laughs) right? It never will be. So I was coaching my client on that and I've been thinking about how the same perfectionism that comes with our offers and tinkering 
comes into our savings as well. So obviously I teach a savings method. I have my core concepts and then I have savings planning and spending planning that I teach inside Six Figure Saver. And I've had clients also come to me and ask me what I would consider like low level questions, not that they're bad questions, but in the sense that they're like, well, should I do this or that? Like you said in the video this, but my situation is a little bit different. Is it okay if I do something different? Right. And lovingly, that's part of them wanting to be like a good student, right? And do it the way I say. But at the same time, it's also wanting to be perfect. I want to do Gina's process perfectly. I want to get a gold star. I want to get an A plus. I want to make sure I did it exactly how she said it. And so I'm going to wait to implement and I'm going to ask for coaching first, or I'm going to ask a question in the Slack first, and then I'll come back. Now, that's not such a huge problem, right? I'm not saying this is a big problem, but I'm saying the motivation behind it is really interesting. It's interesting that we as people would rather delay our progress and ask questions and make sure we're doing something perfectly versus taking our best guess and just doing it imperfectly. So I had a a client who recently asked a question. Let me pull it up. Okay, I got it. So she was asking a question um, in our Slack channel about our monthly saving system, which is a process that we teach you in Six Figure Saver for how to build your savings muscle. And she asked, you know, uh, she was talking about the break even point and she said, do we leave some in the bank and then just pay ourselves more and then use that more to set aside for savings? Or do we leave it in the business? Um, you know, should it go partially to business savings, partially to personal savings or both? What is like the right way? Right. So she was really asking particulars about how to implement the saving system and getting really nitpicky, not to say it was a bad question, right? It was a good question and I answered it for her. And then I offered some coaching and here was my coaching. I said, if you asked yourself, Based on what I've learned so far, what's my best guess for the answer to this question? What would you say? Because when it comes to these little nitpicky questions, I really do believe that the intention is good and the intention is to want to be a good student and want to do it the right way. And at the same time, I want to offer that you can build self-trust by just trying something and doing it imperfectly instead. And you can also move along much faster by just trying something and doing it imperfectly instead. This is where that perfectionism comes back, right? Like you want to be a good student and you want to do it right, but is that holding you back from just making progress now? And you know, luckily this student reached out And I got back to her within a couple hours, but imagine if someone didn't reach out. Imagine if someone had this question and they never asked and they never implemented the system because they didn't know or they were shy, all valid reasons. But again, how is perfectionism getting in the way of you getting your own results? And in kind of a meta way, this is also a commentary on how to be a good client, how to get the most out of your programs. Like I can take this lesson and apply it 
to myself in the programs I'm in? Where am I waiting for the validation of my coach to tell me I'm doing it right before I take action versus being okay with the uncomfortability of doing something imperfectly and just trying it, taking action, learning, iterating, and then getting further faster, right? Where am I waiting for my gold star instead of actually just learning in the real world? Because here's another thing. Coaches don't always know. (laughs) We don't always know the answer. Like with this client, I gave her my answer. And at the same time, she may have some unique circumstance about her life, her business, her accounts that I'm not aware of that make my answer not perfect for her. I have my system, I have my point of view, but also my clients have the flexibility of taking what I say and implementing it a different way if that's what works for them best. Same for me in the programs I'm in. I may not agree with some of the stuff that my coach says. That doesn't mean I have to argue with her. It just means that I should go and do something, right? It is so much better. I guess I guess this commentary is really on like theory versus pra- practicality. There is theory, which is, you know, in the course. There's theory and then there's applied theory. And when we apply the theory, we learn. I love to think about it in the way that I was taught at art school because I did my uh, my master's. I don't have a master's. <laughs> I did my bachelor's of fine arts in um, interaction design, and we learned the design process. And the design process is really amazing. It's kind of like the scientific method. You start with a customer problem. You start with a problem you want to solve, and then you come up with an idea or actually come up with lots of ideas, and then you take one idea and then you prototype it. And then you test that prototype and then you come back to the drawing board and refine that prototype and then test it again. So it's just this, you know, refinement, testing, iterating process. Where can we take that like prototyping mentality and apply it to our businesses, to our savings, to how we show up in the programs that we're in, to how we get results versus waiting to be perfect, waiting for the gold star, waiting for the external external or internal validation that we're seeking, where can we just say, I just, the only thing I need to do is be okay with the uncomfortability of just trying something wrong. I think that's the whole lesson. <laughs> and I think that my clients who are more practiced at being okay with being uncomfortable are the ones who save 100K faster. They're the ones who take my ideas, they take the theory I've provided and they apply it imperfectly and then they learn and then they get better and then they save 100K faster. So it's so funny because we do talk about perfectionism a lot in our marketing. We talk about perfectionism in your offers, but it also seeps down into your money. Oh my God, a great example of this is when people feel the need to be perfect with debt. Like I need to pay off my balance every month or else I'm irresponsible. I need to, you know, pay more than the minimums because that's what good people do. And this idea of like perfectionism around debt holding you back from saving as well. It's all tied together. 
It's all tied together. And here's the thing too, I wanna, I, there's some nuance here that we can explore. Because I would say perfectionism isn't always a bad thing. Sometimes we do have high standards for our work, for our output. And I'm not saying high standards are bad in any way, but I'm saying like, what's the reason? What's the motive behind it? Is the motive behind your perfectionism that you want to never make a mistake and you're holding, you know, this incredibly high standard that doesn't, that is unachievable Or is the motive behind your perfectionism that you just want to tinker so that you never have to put yourself out there? Or is the motive, no, I'm, you know, producing a body of work and I have a high standard for it. And so we just need to meet that standard and then we will ship it. For example, I think like curriculum is a really good example. There's a difference between like doing something scrappy and imperfectly and also having a scoped out project where you say, okay, no, we're going to hit this standard for our curriculum and then we will ship it, right? You see, it's kind of like different motives. One of them is I want to hit a certain standard. The other one is I want to avoid having to put myself out there. (laughs) So I'm just going to sit and tinker, right? So there is nuance here. I don't want to be so black and white about it, but all I do want to say is that perfectionism is 100% affecting your business, affecting your money, affecting your bank account and affecting your progress. I think that's not, that's not like a, um, how should I say it? That's not a revolutionary thought, but I just wanted to offer a different way of thinking about it today. So if you are my client, I want you to do things imperfectly, learn, and then come and get coached. That's what I would love. I would love for my clients to go out, apply the coaching that I give come back and say, this is what happened, now what? (laughs) Um, And if you're not a client, I offer that you can do that in the programs that you're in now because you'll probably get better results faster. (laughs) Okay, I think that's all for today. That's all I wanted to talk about. That was what was on my heart. Six Figure Saver is currently closed for enrollment. We are not opening enrollment again until February 3rd. So if you want to join Six Figure Saver when it reopens on February 3rd, um, what I recommend is either just like sticking around and hanging around because I'll be talking about it. But if you want to make sure that you um, like hear when it opens, you can join the waitlist. The waitlist is on the sales page, which we will link in the show notes. Um, and I think I, I'll just send you like an email and then I'll send you emails when the when the waitlist opens or when the the cart opens. Um, Other than that, I am also opening up my one-on-one coaching again. I took a six-month hiatus and I am opening up one-on-one coaching again for December and Q1. I have two spots available for December and um, I'm taking deposits for Q1. If you wanna start anytime in Q1, it's just a $1,000 deposit and then we'll set your start date and then we will start payments then. Um, one-on-one coaching is amazing. I love one-on-one coaching because we get to go into all these nuances, really just one-on-one, right? But we also get to cover a variety of topics. So obviously in one-on-one coaching, we talk about all the stuff we talk about in Six Figure Saver, the cash flow, the savings, the mindset, all of that. But I also go deeper into more particular topics. I have two one-on-one clients right now that we're setting their, um, 
their retirement plan. So we've created the retirement plan. They have action items to go do, and we're keeping up with that. I have another client who is in the process of buying a house. And so we are creating like, they're not in the process yet, but they want to be in the process for 2023. So we're creating a home purchase plan, financial plan, which includes everything from saving to the down for the down payment, saving a furniture fund, all the way to looking at their credit, maybe some credit repair actions, even down to the decision of whether or not they should break their lease. So with 101, we get super in-depth like that. And we cover a variety of topics. And I love it. I really, really love one-on-one coaching. So if you want one of my two spots available for December, go to the show notes. I will have a link to a Calendly, which is a calendaring system. And in the Calendly, you will submit a variety of questions. And then you'll select a time that works for you where we can jump on a sales call and decide if one-on-one coaching is the right fit for you or not. Um... I always love to say at the beginning of my sales call that my only job on the sales call is for you to walk away with a very confident yes or a confident no. Either way, I don't care. I just don't want you to walk away in maybe. I want you to walk away like, yes, that's absolutely for me or no, that's actually not the right fit. So if you want to jump on a sales call, jump into the show notes and grab that link and submit an application and then pick a time. And if you want to um, set a deposit for Q1, the process is the same. So still submit an application, still book your sales call, and on the sales call, we'll just decide on a start date that's later, and then we'll go through the deposit process, okay? So one-on-one coaching is open, and I think that's all I had to say today. I hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful week. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. All right. Bye.